Hey, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of JavaScript Jabber. This week, we're talking to Aaron Frost. Hey, everybody. Yeah, you all know Aaron. He, you know, he's on JavaScript Jabber, Adventures in Angular. We've probably had you on other stuff. I jabber. I've jabbered. I've adventured. Yeah. I don't think I've reacted or viewed, but not, not on the podcast anyways. So, so uh, anyway, we were talking the other day about observables and a conference that you're putting on, RxJS Live. And I'm like, people got to know about this, man. Yeah, um, it's so, exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of my favorite people are going to be at RxJS Live. They're, they're yeah. kind of people who are doing a lot of the, the plumbing for a lot of the stuff that's going on in the web. I see more and more stuff adopting RxJS yeah. and observables. And so I'm like, if, if people really want to level up on JavaScript and be able to do some really powerful stuff with some really powerful and in some cases, fairly simple utilities, I mean, this this is stuff they got to learn. Yeah, totally. Like, um, observables are huge, and like, let's say you're a programmer and you you like your framework, you know, whether it's Angular, React, Vue, Spell, you know, whatever it is. Yep. And you're like really good at it, and you're like, man, I've mastered it. My next thing I got to conquer is another framework or something. I don't know. If you take RxJS and put it into your existing dev style, mm-hmm. you get. To to re-fall in love with everything you already know. like Because uh, RxJS changes your paradigms and it allows you to take what you already thought you were doing well and make it even better. Rx, this just stream-based programming, it's so phenomenal. And the amount of code that it cuts out of your code is really, really nice. I think if you're looking to become one of those you know, next-level developers, the paramount skill that I think those next-level developers have is mastering stream-based programming. Uh-huh. And the most powerful way to do that right now is RxJS observables, right? That's the, that's kind of the, the way the observables. So yeah, it's it's interesting when I talk to people, let's say about React or Vue or Angular. I mean, understanding the framework gets you so far. You know, you get a certain level uh-huh. of payoff, right? Yeah. And from there, once you start to learn some of the underlying structures around how JavaScript works and things like that, you, you level up a little bit more, right? Because now it's yeah. like okay, I can kind of drill underneath a little bit and, and get there. And yeah. RxJS is another one of those things where it's like, oh, I needed this kind of thing. It's not really something that the framework necessarily gives me a nice wrapper around. Yeah. And so RxJS is just one of those tools where it's like, you know what? I've got a whole set of values coming in. I might have more values coming in in the future. So I just plug it into this observable and then I, I can do whatever I need to with that stream. Oh, I got another one. I'm going to put it through the assembly line and everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And and that's that's the kicker, right? Is yeah, totally. Data management, which is the headache in a lot of these things, mm-hmm. gets super simple. And more than data management, it is data management, but there's a subset of data management, which is sh- sharing data. Yeah. If, if you're not sharing, data management is actually pretty easy. I'm not going to lie. As long as you have like a a singleton service where you can put the data and like a fetch to get it, Mm -hmm. it's not that hard, but once two or N people care about that piece of data and that piece of data may update, well, now you're in a a nightmare scenario because, you know, if if three people take the same object and now now there's a new version of that object, only the place that got the new version knows the other two places are still pointing to the old one. So you need a very elegant event-based way around that. Redux is elegant. Rx is like, you know, a Redux approach where you, you've got these events flying around. But it's like, imagine Redux with 
none of the crazy file system vomit that you have to do for Redux. You know, yep. and Redux still plays it a part, but RX just makes it a lot easier to get into that kind of a scenario without having to adopt a, a Redux infra- infrastructure. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. The other thing that's interesting about it to me is that at every place in the chain in your observables, so let's say you you make a couple of transformations as part of, you know, this widget or this component only cares about, you know, the names of the people. And this these components over here care about the email addresses for, you know, and you have a list of people. Yeah. Um, you can get as far down the chain as you need to. And then you can just split the stream. You know? Yeah. So you have one that pulls the name off and the other one pulls the email off and yeah. off you go. And, and it's all observables all the way up and down the chain. And so you can take advantage of work that's being done anyway. And yeah. make it all work. And anyway, I, I could talk about this for hours because I just think it's, it's super cool. So Chuck, think back to when you were learning observables, like the first time and you're hearing about them, right? Yeah. And everyone was saying what you're saying. They're great. Oh my gosh. I love the thing that they do. You know, and, and, and you're sitting there going, I don't even know what it is. Yep. What are you talking about? Like you just keep saying this five syllable word, but I don't even know what it is. Yep. And um, it has a bit of an overhead. So if I could take a second and peel it back, do you care if I try and take it down the level to kind of explain what they are? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I think that most of the listeners to Jazz Jabber are going to understand promises. Don't you think that's a fair assumption? Yeah, and in fact, when I started hearing about observables, the way that they were initially pitched to me, I was like, I have promises. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I could even to go back further that. I remember when I had callbacks and someone, <laughs> and someone was like, oi, promises. And they're explaining to me promises. I was like, why would I want that? I already have promise. I already have callbacks. And it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And then I tried it and like quickly, and I hadn't even gotten into chaining yet, but quickly I was like, all right, you're right. This is far more superior than callbacks. Well, it's just easier to, I mean, the thing with promises from callbacks was it was just easier to follow what was going on. I mean, let alone, you know, the callbacks from the callbacks from the callbacks and all the other problems that you had there that promises solved. I could read the promises and go, oh, I know what's going on here. And the promise is once you got into chaining, it gave you this very powerful yeah. way to, to compose asynchronous flows, right? Yeah. And it was like, hello, callbacks could never do this. This is amazing. They could do it, but not nearly as elegantly or as simply as, as promises and as resistant to memory leaks that promises can because callbacks were just really, really prone to leaks, to memory leaks. Anyway, um, and so, and I got over that hump and I was like, oh, promises, mm, I love you. Oh, how did I live without you? I just want to put you on all my code. And I got to observables, the same as you, man. I was just like, you're describing what I use promises for. Yeah. You're crazy. And then the other thing that people would do would be like, oi. And I'm like, I'm listening. And they're like, what does an array of numbers and click events have in common? And in my mind, I'm like, nothing. Yeah, they're, they're in arrays like they don't have anything in common. But that was how people were trying to teach me observables, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. It's like, stop teaching it that way. Yeah. The other issue was people kept coming and saying, "Well, it's reactive programming, bro. Reactive programming. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Reactive programming." And I'm like, "What is that? Hope it works, man. Yeah. I, I've been I've been writing apps for 10, 10 years. Why do I? What's what is this? What are you? So yeah, the resistance people feel to learning it. 
I felt it. And so I'm not, if anyone listens to this bonus episodes, like uh, eject, get me out of here. I got, I kind of respect it on a certain level because I felt it, you know? Yeah. I, I think we were all there. Yeah. But I will say once I learned it, I got to be honest, it's my favorite technology I've learned probably in the last decade. Like, you know, I, I remember learning Backbone and I remember jQuery changed my life. Like, holy wow. That, oh, yeah. that would change my life. And then Backbone changed a little bit and AngularJS changes a ton. And then Angular React and Vue changes even more. And Node, don't even give me a start on Node, TypeScript. But of all those, the thing that most changed how I code is RxJS. And I love the inversion of logic. And I love the flow of data when you put it into streams. And so the thing about promises, because people are like, I'm resisting. I like promises. Promises for life. I'll die on this hill. And they're like pick, clicking stop on the podcast, right? And I get it. But a promise is like a single use. Callbacks were superior to promises in that aspect, in that you could call a callback as many times as you wanted to. And that was both good and bad. That was also the bad of callbacks, right? But with observables, you're expecting to get more than one data usually. So Chuck, let's talk through an app where the app has a current logged in user object, right? Right. And let's say they're currently, that value is null. So you've got 10 parts of the app that all want to know that the current person logged in is null, right? Yep. And um, some places don't want null. They want that flipped into a Boolean, meaning is logged in false, right? Yep. So a bunch of people call to some service and get a pointer to null. And then let's say the person logs in. How do you tell all 10 places that there's someone logged in now, right? You need some sort of a publication system that can publish to everybody and say, hello, there's a new user. And so if you're doing this without observables, you have heartbeats or you build your own pub sub model. And you have this system, you build a system that can send events and everyone subscribe to those events and gets the data out of those events, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Rx is simply that on a very simple level, but crazy efficient. And Rx allows you to, when you get in your data, rather than point to an object, you don't point to the object anymore. You subscribe to the object. Right. That makes sense. So you're not just like point to this value on this singleton. You're actually subscribing to a value and you're going to get your subscribe function called every single time that there's a new value coming out of this observable. So when the person logs in, you just say, all right, now it's not null. Now it's actually an object. And then every, at all 10 places that were subscribed, they all got broadcast that message. They were all subscribed to it, right? And so then your code reacts to that publication through the subscription. Like they subscribe and they, they react through the subscription. And then so you can time the user out and all 10 places will then get the new timed out user, which should be back to null, right? And you don't have to worry about 10 places pointing at old stale versions of the user because if you code to get it through the subscription stream, then when null comes out the stream, your code should react accordingly. So um, as opposed to promises where you would essentially it's not a subscribable thing. So what yeah. happens is you set up a promise that says, go get a new login event, and then it waits around. Yeah. And when the login event comes back, then it has to set up another promise that says, okay, now go wait for a logout event Yeah. and then react to that. And so you have to remember to set it up for every instance. In yeah. this case, it's just, hey, it changed, and your operators down the line just know what to do. 
Yeah, exactly. So you are programming reactively, but then you can do these things that you were talking about, which are part of my favorite things. So you have the state, right? Which is the per the person logged in. Mm -hmm. So we'll make it this global observable, whether we dispose it globally on the window or through some ES6 import thing. And that user will be an observable that people can subscribe to. And maybe at first it's null, and then all of a sudden we get a user through it and it's defined, right? Yep. So we have a, a global observable called user. Well, maybe we want to make a, an observable called user is auth so that we can get a true yeah. or false, whether it's null or user, right? We don't have yeah. to keep reproducing the not null like uh, stuff. We can just say, or right, is it is it a Boolean? Like we can just, and then, so what you do is you make a derivative stream, okay? Right. And this is what's beautiful about observables is you take a higher level stream and then you derive a new stream off of it, or you drive a new stream off of multiple streams. So here's an example. You take the user stream and you say, I want you to now, like user is one stream. Let's make a new stream called is auth. And that's user dot. And you you do this variable syntax to say, you know, is null or not. And right. now no one has to recreate that is logged in auth logged to anymore. You'll just have another stream that descended from the parent stream. Mm -hmm. And that just puts out a Boolean. And, and, and I, I realize I've dumbed it down into this Boolean where people are like, well, that's not very useful. Yeah, but let's take like it up it. another level, right? So let's say that you have a certain set of components that are only available if they have the admin role and yes. a certain other set that have the account owner role. Yep. And so you can set up streams for all those, mm -hmm. right? And then let's say you add the role to that user, right? So somehow that role gets added to the user, it gets mm -hmm. updated through a WebSocket, and then that, that user object gets updated and it says they're now an admin then that trickles down and all of a sudden those other components know that they've got to show up. Yeah, totally. There's some really simple demos that show how if you code through subscriptions, your code cuts like yeah. in half. And the code that cuts in half isn't the initial code, but it's the follow-up code. And if I could explain that, Chuck, and I want you to correct me if I'm talking out my, the side of my mouth here. But I want you to imagine you have like a UI that has like three or four buttons that get clicked in an input field. And when any of those things change or the input gets typed in, it's going to go refetch new data, right? This could be a list of donuts, of superheroes, of properties to real estate. It could be a list of anything, podcasts that Chuck tells that are great, right? And I, I like donuts at pieces of real estate. Yeah, 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 yeah. My so, real estate. Yeah, Chuck's real estate. So when you code without like an observable subscription pattern, when someone clicks one of those buttons, you have to say, all right, go set some value that's a response to the button click. And then you also have to code and say, now go refetch the data. Right. You know then? And maybe like two or three things you also have to set because that button click affected two or three other things, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're, when you're coding with observables or when you're being reactive, you have a stream that knows how to fetch the data based off of all the variables. Right. And when you click the button or type in the input, all you have to do is set that new value into the observable and the whole stream refires. So you're cutting down the amount of code it takes to maintain your component because the stream is perfect. And all you have to do as a response to user interaction is set new data into the stream and let the stream rederive. Yep. And the thing that I see that's really powerful about this and all the code that you now don't have to write yeah. is that I see people write components 
that connect to some service library that goes and hits the API, right? Instead of the observable doing it. Yes. And so then what happens is, okay, I've got six components that I'll have to update and they all go hit the same service. They all go make the same request. They all get the same data back and I've got to maintain it in six different places. Or even if I manage to keep it to one request, I've got to orchestrate all that updating myself. Yeah, and I want to kill myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if I miss one, if I miss one, right? Writing it initially, you know what? I I run through and it all works. But maintaining it, you know, when I have to update it, it's real easy to miss one and not see it. Yeah, now I need QA to spend the next two months finding all my my straggler bugs that I created, right? Yeah, all of Frosty's bugs. I don't write Exactly. No, 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 exactly. You create uh, hidden features, so... Um, that's right. Unexpected yeah. results. Yeah. That's my specialty. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be a good podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. That'd be funny. So yeah, that's kind of the deal here with observables. It shrinks the amount of code that you write. And the last time I experienced this massive, like a code shrinking was when I went from jQuery and Backbone to AngularJS back in 2013. I remember converting some jQuery code and Backbone code to AngularJS and being able to delete like 70% of the code. Yeah. I remember my mind was just like, what? Like, this is crazy. And I've seen some optimizations along the way. Like when you use React over AngularJS, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is good. Angular over AngularJS, I'm like, yeah, this is good. But I've never experienced such a massive reduction as I did back then right. until I found RxJS. It's just like, wow. I am reducing so much code that I'm writing. So naturally, Chuck, I'm like, hey, I, and, and, and I live a charmed life. I'm not going to lie. And I've, I've had the chance to meet the people that write RxJS. Yeah. And aside from them being phenomenally like nice and giving people, they're really passionate about what they do. And I was like, hey, let's do a, let's do a conference around this. Let's go do it in Vegas, one of the funnest cities in the States. And... Let's invite the entire RxJS core team and a couple other rock stars from the community. You know, yeah. we've got Jay Phelps who built Redux Observable, which is a way to integrate uh-huh. RxJS with Redux and React. And then you've got Mike Ryan, who he works on Ingenious. Angular's kind of NGX, yeah. which is Angular's Redux, and it integrates with RxJS. And you've got you know the core team. You've got Tracy coming. You've got Ben coming. The guy who created this all, Mike Padwazaki. And when I say create, it's a little disingenuous to the actual creators of Reactive. Am I, did I say Mike Padwazaki? It's Matt, sorry. Matt. Matt's well, one of my JS heroes. Yeah, so what Matt did it was... Dude is awesome. Yeah, he's super cool. And he's super Matt, humble too, which is... Yeah. Yeah. Matt, he took Reactive and brought it to JavaScript. That was Matt's yeah. contribution. Matt didn't, and he doesn't like to claim, he'll, he'll never claim he created this thing. But he was the original porter of it to JavaScript. Yeah. And now that torch has largely, not totally, but largely been passed on to Ben Lesh. Yep. And I think he kind of self-nominated for that. I don't think that someone said, Oi, young man, would you like to carry the torch? You know, I think he just was like, I love this. I'm going to do this in my after hours. Yeah, I, I see a lot of uh, a lot of open source projects go that way where Yes, the initial creator works on it and, you know, they make steady progress and then somebody else comes in and they, you know, they just really come in and and push the project forward in a big way and kind of become the de facto maintainer. And I know that Matt had a few other projects that he was working on at the same time. And so it, it kind of worked out. I don't think there was ever an official, 
passing of the of the torch yeah of the torch i think at some point they just kind of looked at each other and said oh it looks like you're doing it now yeah i think that's largely what did happen but anyway ben if you don't know ben next time you see him just go say hi ben's giving me good advice on like half a dozen things that are really important to me like not just like passive things that I that are kind of important. Ben's given great advice on several things that I, that really matter to me. So I appreciate Ben on a lot of levels. And one of them is how hard he works thanklessly on RxJS. He's kind of in the hero level, like along with like John David Dalton and this these crazy people who put in so many hours into making something that hundreds of thousands of us love, you know? And so yep. yeah, you know, John Resnick levels type stuff, right? And so yeah, I'm a big fan of uh of of Ben, so so yeah. Uh, I I I want everyone in the community to come to Vegas. It's on September fifth and sixth. We still have tickets. It's going to be super quaint. Mm-hmm. My favorite conferences are the big party ones where everyone I know is going to be at, and we just sit there and play D and D, and we you know we goof around until two a.m. and then go watch talks the next morning, or the uber uber quaint ones. Yeah, where it's like me and maybe a hundred other people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And this RxJS Live is going to be crazy quaint. And it's going to be in a perfect destination for that kind of quaint interaction, right? So, uh, yeah, we're streaming in downtown Las Vegas, close to Mandalay Bay. It's going to be really, really fun. I think you should get your tickets and come. Now, one thing that I want to throw in here, because you're talking about all the people who are coming, and these are definitely the right people. Yeah. But the reason that I think people should come, it's not just because of the people. It's because of what these people have to offer. And specifically what it is, is, you know, we've kind of given you some basic ideas of what observables can do, right? And I haven't seen all the patterns, right? I haven't seen all the things that you can come up with to do with observables. And they're so powerful and so versatile that I know that just showing up and listening to the talks, listening to the speakers, sitting down at lunch and kind of uh, cornering Ben Lesh and making him uncomfortable with how close I'm sitting to him and then asking him all my uh, crazy questions, he's probably seen some stuff and he's probably had to help some people with some stuff. And so he'll probably look at a, a problem that I have and go, actually, it solves really elegantly with these couple of things from RxJS. And so then instead of me going and engineering a giant solution for it, I get three quarters of the way there with a solution out of RxJS. And it really is that powerful. I've seen a few things where I was like, I would have never thought to do that. And I would have written a thousand lines of code to solve it. Yeah. I feel like that about a lot of RxJS, like all the operators, like there's a hundred operators. And at first you're like, someone please stab me in the eye because there's too many operators. But then you're like, actually each one plays... Yeah, they make it really simple to do these complex things, especially with how quickly you can compose them. But like at RxJS, there's going to be things like I I would guess Ben Ben opened up to me. We I was playing D and D last night, and, we, and I, he was chatting me, and he was like, "Dude, I'm creating an animations library in RxJS," and he's like, "Try this," and he sent me a like a stack blitz with with a demo, mm-hmm. and it had like some very D three like animations. Based on RX, I was like, wow, that, that's crazy reusable. Yeah. What have you done? So I don't know. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. I think RX GS Live is going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of leaders come out of that conference. I'm not going to lie. I've had a pretty charmed career. And I think that this is the kind of conference where people go, you make the kind of contacts that help you learn and become the next leader. 
but you also learn the things from those people while you're there that let you go back home and gain a solid mastery of a very complex and transformative topic. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking to the the leadership part, it's interesting how many of the people who wind up being leaders of different programming communities or seem to be out in front or wind yeah. up out in front. Yeah. They go to the first edition of a conference for a transformative technology. And then they're part of that small group that kind of pushes it forward from then on. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly happened. That's happened with me at least once, right? Yep. So yeah, um, it's happened with you. I know we have a handful of friends that's happened with them. So oh yeah, it is good to do these first gen conferences. And uh, I gotta be honest, if you're gonna go to a conference, Vegas is about as cool as it's gonna get, so. Yeah, we should pull something together and go see a magic show or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a lot of that. I mean, we're staying at Mandalay Bay, so there's going to be tons of people to hang out with all night long. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that's that, yeah. Chuck. I don't know if I've answered enough questions, but uh, I love observables. Yeah, and I just wanted to give people an idea. It's like, look, this is where we're headed. This is the opportunity to figure it out. And so that's why I'm pulling together this bonus episode because it's like, I think there's a major payoff here. I think we are headed this direction. Like, if you had to say, hey, in, in 10 years, will everyone use observables? I'd say yes. And whatever, is everyone going to use TypeScript? I'd be like, yes. And those are, the only two, like, those are the only two things I would feel confident about. I wouldn't feel confident necessarily about any of the frameworks or even necessarily one of the most powerful things on the web, which is Webpack. I, I don't even know where that will be, but I do feel confident about observables. Well, and same, even if it's not... The same way I feel confident about promises, like they will probably be here too, you know? Yeah, but even if observables is not the way in 10 years, whatever it's going to be is going to be... This is going to be a stepping stone to whatever that is. Just like promises was kind of a stepping stone to really kind of getting what observables could do for you. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So... I definitely agree with that. Hey, anyone listen to this show, what if we throw out a discount code for everyone listening to your show? Should we do that? I love that. You don't have to, but I love that. Let's do it. One second. Let me get into the admin real quick and we'll make a code. What, should, what do you want your code to be, Chuck? Um, Chuck for life? Chuck for life. I love it. Okay, let's do a discount code. Chuck for life. The number four, not the letter four. So when you, when you send out your episode, you're going to want to put that on the website. So we'll say Chuck for life and, and we'll do $100 off for everybody who's listening. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Let's do 100 of those tickets and uh, clicking save right now. So yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, you helping get this going. So yeah, that, that's the least we can do. Chuck for life, it's live, man. Yeah, well, I don't go out and promote anything that I don't think is going to pay off for people. So you yeah. know, you're telling me thanks, but I feel like I'm doing everybody a favor. So yeah, that's good that you feel like that. I, I feel the same way, like, it's, you know, conference organizers take on crazy amount of risk to do an event. But I, I mean, I feel like I owe it to the community. This is, this is a fantastic technology. So, so yep. yeah. my company, Hero Devs, we're, we're proud to sponsor it. And um, I know that this dot is also sponsoring it. Thinkster.io is sponsoring it in some capacity. DevChatTV will be sponsoring it. So, yep. so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm super, super pleased uh, with what's going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to be a part of this, so. Cool, man. 
Yep. Well, we'll see you all there. Do you want to give the dates? I don't think we gave the dates. Yeah. So it's September 5th and 6th. Get your ticket today. You know, you don't want the, you don't want the uh, prices to, you don't want the tickets to disappear, but you also don't want the, the, the airline tickets to go up too much. We don't have a dedicated hotel, but all the speakers and I, we will be staying at the Mandalay Bay. And so a hotel for Wednesday, Thursday night is pretty cheap. So, I mean, relatively, like it's under $100 and it's a nice hotel. So I figured it was great. It's a real nice hotel. It's right on the strip. It's down on the, it's on the south end of the strip. Yeah, it's on the south end. And then... um, And there's plenty to do down there. Yeah, for like conference food, we're not going to have like cheesy food in a box. We're just going to, we're in a food court. We're in a mall. So it's not necessarily a food court, but we're surrounded by restaurants. So we're just going to send everyone out with some gift cards and say, hey, go grab lunch, wherever you want. You don't have to eat our stale sandwich in a box type thing that a lot of conferences will do. So yeah, plan on that. And uh, if you have any questions, like if anyone wants some RxJS mentoring, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Frost. Aaron is double A-R-O-N. And then also um, I'd love to see at the conference as well. If you have any, if you want to kind of level up. So yeah. Yeah. And I will probably, probably be leading food expeditions because I stay in Vegas probably four or five times a year anymore. Yeah. So I know where to go. A lot of, uh, at least two of the conferences I go to are on that end of the strip right there, Perfect. you know, Tropicana, New York, New York, Perfect. Um, uh, MGM Grand. And there's some terrific food right over there. So Perfect. That's awesome. That's exactly what we need. Cool. All right. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, when you come down, you know, come get a JavaScript Jabber sticker and, you know, say hello. Yep. And yeah, we'll see you there. Peace. Peace.